Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Well, welcome everyone uh, to episode 23 of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. We're now in season two. Uh, how are you doing today, Tara? I'm gaining. I'm always gaining. <laughs> Getting better. Yeah, you're not sounding too hot here. You're not. Uh, you don't have your normal voice. What's going on? Well, anybody else would say I have COVID. I would say that I had a cold that turned into laryngitis, which is normal for me every bloody year. I thought I was free of it this year. I was wrong. This normally happens in November. Chris, you've seen this. Normally, I'll get laryngitis all winter long, but. Man, I got hit two months late, so we're dealing. We're baby in my throat, so it'll it'll be okay. Well, we hope you get better, and uh, but you know, for now, we're just going to make fun of you because of the way you sound. That's most people get excited when I have laryngitis because it means I have no voice, so it means you guys don't have to listen to me. So typically, this is a celebratory event. <laughs> Are you telling me I'm going to have to carry all the weight tonight? <laughs> oh no, I will find a way to be heard. You know how I am. If I got something to say, we're going to hear it. Well, you know, despite uh, all the, uh, the the time I like to not talk about politics, it seems <laughs> like uh, tonight's going to be a show that we talk a lot about politics, which I think that'll make you pretty happy, won't it? Oh, I'm so excited. So, <laughs> so excited. So let's get to the first topic here, and uh, and I put this on here with the heading of uh, the best at being impeached, because, you know, Trump always gets made fun of for being the best of everything. We're going to have the best. It's going to be beautiful, <laughs> right? Well, so he is the best at being impeached, because he's now the only president who's been impeached <laughs> twice, and uh, I thought we'd kick it off with that, and I've got a couple other topics here on, you know, the Capitol and events that have happened in the Capitol. But, you know, what's your take on this? Have you gotten to read what's happened? Well, I've been watching a lot of Fox News because I can't stomach much of anything else. They'll at least try to show both sides of a story. But so, yeah, I, I I don't know if I agree with this impeachment process. For one, the dude is a week away from stepping down anyway. Why the hell are we going to waste taxpayer money to say he was wrong officially? I mean, did he I don't know if he if I, I didn't see all the rhetoric prior to the, um, the little gang up at Capitol Hill last week. But what I do know is I specifically remember. Uh, Kamala, let's make sure we say that correctly because we know everybody's got an issue with that. I do remember Kamala Harris saying in in reference to the the all of the um, protests that have gone down this last year with the fires, the deaths, the the beating down of other people. And she's sitting there saying, let them do it. Let them have their say. Keep. In fact, she said to encourage them. And I, if I can find the snippet, I can show it to you. And here we're going to impeach a dude that's out of office in six, in six days. I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I mean, other than the fact they don't want to see him back in any office ever again, I, I get that. But I mean, come on, where was, you uh, But yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head Trump. there. I mean, this, this is not about, you know, kicking him out of office per se. This is about ensuring that he can't run again in four years. Right. I mean, this is, absolutely. this is politically, you know, this is silencing a, a political foe. Right. I mean, Right. I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff you read about in books and, you know, that happened in other countries and, and not here in America. I mean, this is this is crazy talk. 
Well, it, it goes to show how scary is this guy to the, the to other politicians that they're willing to make sure he can't hold another office ever again. That's what's that's what that's the message that this group is sending me, whether they be Democrats, Republicans, I don't care what their affiliations are. They're trying to say that this dude's too powerful to be in office. Like we can't control him. We got to make sure he can't have the space again. That is what this is telling me. And it's like, you know what, let's embrace the fact that, well, gag me, Biden is in the office. Cool. Okay. Let's go for it. Let's, let's see what this man can do since he's there. Stop focusing on Trump. I mean, he's a narcissist. He's, he's an attention whore. You're feeding the damn beast. Stop it. So it's, oh, and I agree. I just had a, we had a, somebody that just chimed in. Amity just said, it's, it's about setting precedent, showing what is unacceptable. So, you know, and that's, I agree. There's, it's shenanigans. It's just hashtag shenanigans. Well, for, for me, though, I mean, if we're going to set precedents here, then there's a whole bunch of other politicians that need to be impeached, right? And including no a bunch of the politicians that are on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Maxine Walters, who's incited violence. You've got AOC, who said things that, you know, I mean, you, you had you had all these Democrats trying to get people riled up to go harass Republicans in restaurants and things like that. Right. I mean, this is crazy. This is this is a classic double standard. Um, you know, like we talked last week, this is, you know, it's going to be convenient for whoever it is. Right. Uh, we're going to make up the rules to be convenient for us. And I, I don't agree with it at all. I mean, they they spent less than two hours debating this this impeachment thing. I mean, this was rushed through. This is probably I mean, we'd have to go back and look in history, but this is probably the fastest impeach, impeachment ever. Yeah. Um, and I think the only they reason they're steps. Yeah. And the, they, the, they the only reason steps. they're really doing this is to try and make sure that he can't hold office again in four right. years. But then now we're going to go spend money on a trial in the Senate to, to see whether they're going to they're going to implicate him or if they're going to if they're going to, you know, throw it out again. Right. And, and so, that won't be done until after he's out of office. He will have relieved his position before they can follow suit. They won't get this done by the time um, his office is, is expired. Biden will be in office and they'll, and that's what's going to be setting the presidents. They've never done it for somebody who's out of office. And it's like, is he that important to you guys? You guys just can't let it go. And there's when there were that, I don't remember the name. I, I can't recall if we talked about it on the show. There was one uh, political representative somewhere. And I believe it was a black lady who said, you know, make the, the MAGA supporters or the Trump supporters pay, make them pay. It's like, how does that not incite some sort of violent conflict right there? And why is, no, she was, um, I think her duties or her responsibilities, or she was somehow chastised for it in her, she was- um, This is a real B&H. Responsibilities, but yeah, this, I don't think he can be held totally accountable for what happened last week, Uh, but his rhetoric hasn't changed in the last four years. And it's just, now they're wanting to hold him accountable for it. I don't know, I'm not- well, and, and not Let's only has his has his rhetoric not changed. I mean, the Democratic side hasn't changed at all. I mean, it's not like you can go back and look at all the Democrats and say, "Oh, they've they've for nothing." You know, for the last four years, have said, "Oh, we need to do this peacefully." No, they've actually explicitly, you know, tried to incite violence. And, and now they're wanting to call Trump on it. I mean, to me, this is like, well, if you're going to call him on it, then we need to line everybody else up yeah. and, and they need to be judged the same, right? I mean, you need to have, yeah. I mean, hundreds of impeachment trials now for these these representatives that, you know, have not acted so great over the last four years. And somehow we're going to go and impeach somebody that's already effectively out of office, right? 
but we're not going to go back and hold these other people responsible. That's the thing that that just right. irks me. You know, makes me so mad that again, it's you know, no accountability, but we'll use accountability right. when it's convenient for us, right? And, well, and that's not yeah. that's no way to run a country at all. No, it's, it's, it's you're not, not going to get unity. It's one thing to say get him out of office versus let's prevent him from establishing office again, but. Uh, it's just so sad to see that the the politicians are pushing the division the way that they are, because that is what this is doing. And every, so many people that I've seen come on to Fox news. And again, that's all I'm watching because that's all I can stomach to watch are saying the same thing. This is not how you unify a country at all. This is not how you get two sides to come to an agreement of let's move forward together. This is a great way to say F you, this is not the way I want to see this done. So it's, if you if you're looking for further division, you got it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's awful. And have have you seen the next headline here? This uh, PBS lawyer schmuck who uh, I guess now has gotten <laughs> fired. But uh, I'll bring this up here. Uh, this no, is a uh, PBS lawyer serious. suggested sending children of Trump voters to re-education camps where they watch PBS all day. Uh, and what? he also suggested that they would throw Molotov cocktails at the White House if Trump won re-election. I mean, this is just. That's not even Trump. This that's, is, that's, that's inciting this is violence. Just, yes, this is inciting violence. Why is this the guy not getting, you know, going up and getting on trial for, you know, wow. for endangering the public? So I guess the story goes, this guy uh, was at dinner um, with, a, with a journalist who is with this uh, project, who's, you know, basically the project is exposing bad actors, right? Um, right. And, and they got him to say this, and it, it was recorded on, on camera. Um, and it was kind of like a hidden camera deal, but still, I mean, Whoa. somebody shouldn't be saying these things. Uh, but apparently this got leaked out and then PBS fired this lawyer who was, you know, some sort of mid-level lawyer apparently is what the article says. So, um, but to me, I mean, uh, th this is the kind of thing that is just unacceptable and it's accepted if you're on the left and, and they're going to try and, and, you know, not accept it if it's on the right. But, you know, the other thing that we didn't really talk about, about the violence in, in D.C. was, um, you know, it there's pretty strong evidence now that that violence really wasn't by Trump supporters. It was by all these other groups that were there, you know, to with Trump hats on. They were just trying to look like Trump supporters. Mm -hmm. And so you got to trace the money back where, you know, did those people yeah. just show up on their own? Did they get... You know, were they paid to be there? I mean, these are the kind of things that need to be investigated. And, I, right. and sadly, I don't think we're going to get answers to that. No, any more than the answers we got to the, the previous protests of the last year or two. Nobody knows who started those. I mean, BLM and Antifa have been invited to be the uh, shareholders for that one entirely. But you never know. It's not just it's never just one entire group. There's always little sneaky weasels that find their way in there and hide as something else to for their own specific purposes. I mean, I even have a political narrative involved in it, but man, this is, yeah, this just, and it's amazing because I, I haven't heard about this, but I hadn't seen Hannity um, for the last couple of days due to me trying to be sick um, the right way. <laughs> trying to be sick. The right way. <laughs> trying to lay still and just be ill. Um, yeah. So fact, I hadn't even. I'm, I mean, you know, just to go back to the violence in, in DC, I mean, I, I was watching a Facebook feed from somebody that I know through the shared parenting, uh, work and he was actually at the Capitol building when that whole thing went down. You know where they breached the, and I mean he was oh, kind wow. of front and center and and he got on Facebook Live and explained, hey, you know, you know there were these protesters there and they started breaking stuff and everybody was like, no, that's not how we are. Don't break things. And then 
He said he observed, um, you know, people for, that were not Trump supporters that were Antifa or QAnon or whatever they are, uh, and they would run down the street and steal a hat and a flag of actual Trump supporters, and then they could go to the rally now looking like Trump supporters. So that's why I say, you know, this whole thing needs to be investigated, and, and some of the players we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, um, you know, definitely aren't Trump supporters and were there on very public display um, but they're being lumped in as Trump supporters just maybe because they got a hat or, you know, whatever that says Trump on it. So, well, I mean, I, I think but I, at the same time, I have no doubt there are some violent Trump supporters out there who are not afraid to extend their physical strength to prove a point. So I, I don't think it's an all or nothing situation, but I don't think blaming grouping us all up as one giant um, violent group, which is what some um, individuals have done out there in the political scene, saying that anybody who voted for Trump is a member of that group that rioted the camp Capitol Hill last week. I don't think that's right. It's not, it's never an all or nothing thing. There's always case by case situations. Some of them were mega supporters. Some of them are violent. Some are not. Some of them are not supporters. Some are just trying to um, kind of get their way in there. But in my opinion, and this isn't going to be a popular one, but I still think that the Capitol Hill was the best planned invasion since Normandy at this rate. It just looks yeah, too neat and clean. And Biden came in too fast with his his speech. And Biden never speaks eloquently, ever. He always trips up. And this it just looked way too rehearsed. So I don't know. This is just, uh, it's just insanity. This is not, and I've seen this. Have you seen on uh, news reports where it's been compared to 9-11 in terms of this is why we should be unified because of this? And it's like, are you kidding Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, I, I agree with you though. I think there's bad actors on, on both sides of the aisle here. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, I, for me, they're impeaching Trump because these bad actors <laughs> created, you know, storm the Capitol is violence or whatever. And, uh, I, I think, I think it's more planned than that. I think that those people were there intentionally to cause problems and, um, you know, they weren't there to necessarily have their voices heard, you know, for the, for election fraud, and yeah. uh, I mean, they were there to 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 cause problems, and um, so it remains to be seen. I think there needs to be a whole lot of investigating going on. Oh, yeah. Sadly, I don't think we'll get it because of you know the Democrats coming in don't want to uncover anything that may have been going on that was shady, right? Right. Um, and so right. I I just I think it is what it is, but. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, let's take a look at the next article here. This is a, uh, uh, the big horn dude, the big horn dude. Remember this guy? Well, so somebody he put, shows up everywhere. It's like that one yeah. kid that's in every school shooting. He just shows up everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he, he showed up, uh, at other, um, you know, BLM things and all that and very recognizable. I mean, you know, it's not like he was imp being an imposter of somebody else. I mean, this guy was, you can pick him out from 10 miles away with this, these big horns, you know? Yeah, you um, can. But, uh, you know, but this is an article from the Daily Mail from, from the UK. Um, and uh, basically, you know, he's 33 years old with no job, lives with his mom. You know, he's got a, a car that has all, all these, you know, con, you know, basically extremist type views on it, you know? Um, nice. And so, you know, the question is, did somebody pay him to go there? Maybe not, but, you know, he's not a, you know, die-in-the-wool MAGA person, right, right. Trump supporters. So, I, I don't know. I think, um, you know, this is one of those things where you got to take all this stuff with a grain of salt and remember that the media is going to manipulate these messages oh. to fit whatever narrative that they're, you know, trying to sell. 
You know, and I can actually attest to that from a personal standpoint. I had a brother-in-law during my first marriage that uh, passed away in the war, uh, Iraqi freedom. And uh, for some dumb reason, a member of the family thought it'd be wise to call the news. So I'm the one who called the news to say, hey, in, you know, let's have a discussion, let's interview or whatever, because my, this is a big thing. You, you interviewed all the families who were losing soldiers in the war. And we were up in Salina at the time. And, and so the news from Wichita was heading up our way. And another member of the family's like, don't do it. Don't talk to them. I have experience with them. Do not talk to them. I, okay. So I called the news. I'm like, go home. They're like, but we're on our way. I'm like, no, that's tough. Just go home. Well, they like the ideas so much and Wichita has so few stories. They went and investigated it anyway. And everything they printed was wrong from yeah. where he was born to where he graduated to everything about him was wrong. And we're just like, you know what? There's no point in us trying to go in and correct this. They're the media. Everybody's going to be all about it. Um, but it was just like, uh, from that point, it's like, you guys are just story hounds. Like there's, you don't care what the true story is. You want something that feeds your, your, they're looking for, uh, uh, what is it? They're looking for viewers. It's the, the ratings. They need the ratings just like any other show on primetime does. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. And then this guy shows up everywhere. This big horn dude shows up in, in everything that seems to be happening politically. So you got to kind of wonder, you know, what's. Well, yeah. And it wasn't just this one dude, right? I mean, uh -oh. there were other people that were recognized from other protests that, you know, were not MAGA supporters, right? Right. Um, so, I mean, I think whether these are people that just want their five minutes of fame or, you know, if there's some other reason that they were there, you know, they were, you know, wanted to intentionally cause trouble, um, yeah. for whatever reason. But I mean, you know, it is kind of fishy that the Democrats rushed through these articles of impeachment based on this violence that was perpetrated by, you know, people that weren't necessarily there for the right. reasons that Trump told people to be there for, you know, yeah. so um, you know, it does kind of raise some, su some su suspicion. I don't know. can't talk tonight. Try um, to say that again. Su say that suspicious again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, suspicion. it does, it does kind of make you wonder. Um, and sadly, I don't think, like I said, I don't think we'll ever know because it won't be yeah. properly investigated no. you know, they won't follow all the leads down. But, um, you know, I, I mean, so ba basically I think the message, the takeaway here is, you know, don't believe the media and, uh, you know, because what they were reporting was not necessarily what was actually happening there to some extent. So, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Trump's had quite a week here. Uh, <laughs> next story up is uh, Facebook, of course, has blocked Trump. And now since we pulled this article, there's been a whole bunch of other things like oh. parlors now off of Amazon and, you know, Twitter is is blocked Trump as well. Um, so basically he's really got no main, you know, he's got no mass way to connect with people except maybe for sending emails out, uh, from his campaign. Right. I mean, you really haven't heard from him. He did, uh, he did do one video that was on mainstream media, um, telling people, you know, not to be violent, but you know, yeah. other than that, we really, really haven't heard from Trump like we normally would, uh, especially this time of year. Right. I mean, that's, I'm not, it's, so it's, this is a, a, a slippery slope. It's, if um, it, can Facebook suspend his account? Can Twitter suspend his account? Can YouTube, all those guys? Yeah, they run their own businesses and I believe in free enterprise. However, I also believe you earn the, the business that you yield or you yield the business that you earn. And so if, um, and, and I take this back to an example of the, the, the cake makers back in Colorado, they didn't want to make the cake for the gay dudes because they're their Christian views. And everybody got pissed and wanted them to make the cake. And in my opinion, it's like, no, they cannot make the cake. And they can also not get the business from the gay community. 
And so it's like, uh, he, yeah, they can turn him down. But at the same time, you kind of look like asshats if you don't turn down everybody that acts like that. I've seen the Twitters and the Facebook posts about hanging Mike Pence. And I remember when Kathy Griffin made that disturbing picture of her with Trump's decapitated head and a knife in her hand. And somehow that cancel culture didn't hit her near as hard as when Roseanne Barr made the one comment about a, the black lady. And so it's not consistent for both sides. And that's my problem is you wanna show that you're a company of integrity and transparency, be, be, be consistent on both sides, not just one. Um, if you're looking to just really appeal to that one population, that one market, that's fine, but you wait because Trump's got the money to back somebody else up to do something like Parler. And I don't think he's afraid to do it because I think they've got him in just the position where he's he's going to be the next investor for the next big social media complex because there's 74 yeah, million he, Trump he, supporters. He's already out there. talked about going and starting up his own you know media company, some some kind of a competitor and, to CNN and Fox and all those. So I mean, he'll, I, have, I can the, totally, he'll have a broadcasting company before too long. Yeah, I, I can totally see him doing that, or or maybe buying out CNN would be the thing that would make the most <laughs> sense at this point because they're up for sale, you know. Um, and yeah. they're, they're relatively cheap for what you would get. I mean, well, but that's a purchase know. that would have to be approved by the federal government though. So it would be unlikely he'd get that one, but he could just start up his own, like Oprah Winfrey did just start up from the ground up and he would, and that way he'd have all the, the rights and ownership and he wouldn't be regulated. He, or the regulation would be minimized because the federal government wouldn't be involved at that point. So I, I think they it's one of those things it's like you really don't want to upset the, this kind of beast because he's got unlimited funds to do whatever he freaking wants to do so yeah you know, just... I'm, I'm with you i think there's definitely something coming from trump in the private sector here and, mm -hmm. and i think it's just kind of prime for it but you know getting back to the whole um you know tech giant having too much control i mean it really has shine a very bright light on how much control the tech moguls have uh, on our daily lives. I mean, they were able to pull parlor with, you know, I mean, at, at basically hours. an instant in hours. Yeah. Um, hours. you know, they didn't, you know, their, their contract said 30 days. They just basically pulled them within 30 hours is what I read. Um, yeah. And you know how they but, found uh, out, you know, how parlor found out they're being pulled. No. Buzzfeed.com. So they great. weren't even told by Amazon. They didn't get a formal communication. They found out through social media, through mainstream media, through internet media, buzzfeed.com is how they found out that they were getting pulled. That's how they found out they were going down. That's like, yeah, no, you know that's, what? that's crazy. I mean, but you know, I mean, worse than that, are, again, we're going back to the double standards that we've been talking yep. about on so much of this stuff. So they pulled parlor for, you know, these disturbing posts that supposedly parlor wasn't pulling down. Okay, fine. But guess what? I, I, apparently a large portion of Twitter is hosted on AWS as well. Yep. And there's just as disturbing things on Twitter as well, but nobody's pulling Twitter down, oh, right? Yeah. And Facebook, you know, I mean, you know, Facebook moderates a lot of their content um, and maybe over moderate sometimes. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think well, you can definitely find lots of examples of the double standard. Well, Twitter is suspending multiple millions of accounts. There's somebody at Topeka that I, I know as an acquaintance. They're a good friend of my brother's up there. Um, he's got a he's like a DJ personality. He's a he's a personality type and on the media style. And something he said on uh, Twitter got his account suspended entirely. And it's like really for and it's and I don't even know what the view was. I don't know what happened exactly, but I. I, I know the kind of people my brother hangs out with. And so he's going to be the conservative type, but he's also an open-minded dude. Um, and they completely suspended his account. And without even, and I saw the screenshot they were passed around. It really didn't say why, then it doesn't fit our standards. 
I was like, well, what standards are you talking about? The ones we agreed to when we signed up yeah. or the ones you created well, that's, yesterday? That's just it. The standards, I think, are a moving target, right? I mean, yeah. the, oh, God. the standards aren't, aren't well-defined and, and they're just kind of at what somebody thinks. And, you know, the people uh-huh. doing the content moderation for these companies aren't in the United States. They're in other countries uh, because they're they're using low-wage labor to, yeah. to do a lot of this stuff. So, um, you know, I think I think going forward, there's, there should be some legislation on how these companies are run. And, the, and we come to this whole Section 230 thing, which, you know, basically says that Twitter and Facebook and, you know, all these places get a pass for being a platform. You know, they, they yeah. basically say they're a town square, so they're not responsible for the content that gets posted on the bulletin board in the town square. Uh, but now I think by Amazon um, kicking Parler off their services, I think now Amazon it basically has come out and said they're no longer a town square. And yes, they are responsible for the content that gets posted on their bulletin board. So that means they are a publisher and therefore responsible. Right. So uh, this is a fundamental shift. And, and this, this section two thirty is what let these companies grow to such large proportions in the first place. Um, But it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see where we go with this. Now, Coming in with the democratic, um, you know, regime, we'll call it. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. think I don't think they'll get regulated um, until the next until the next administration. I, but certainly well, something needs back, to happen. Go back to a second when you said that these this this Article Two Thirty allowed these companies, these big tech companies, get so big. What's ironic about their growth? It's because of Trump. Trump is the reason they've grown, especially Twitter. People went to Twitter to watch and listen to Trump because that's where his mainstream of public communication was. That's how he reached out to the public. And it's because of his antics, his, and I posted this on LinkedIn, his uncouth rhetoric is the reason that they are so big. People wanted to see so they could get mad or so they could get excited. They wanted to feel those emotions so they could lash back out or they could provide their support and say, yeah, he's saying it. He's a multi-billionaire. I agree with him or he's a jerk and I don't agree with him. But that's and that's what's boggling my mind. It's like, did you guys just exploit Trump until you realized he was done? And once he's no longer president, what's the point? Let's get rid of him. Because I don't think his if his rhetoric was that big of a deal, they'd have taken him out a long time ago. I think I think he just no longer serves their purpose, and it's on to the next one. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's this this whole thing though is just it, it's really disturbing, right? Because I, I mean, again, there's no no good rules. We're not all playing from the same board here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, if Amazon's going to kick uh, parlor off, then, you know, they, they need to go kick a whole bunch of other people off like Twitter. Uh, well, especially and, and, Twitter. You know, I've seen some nasty crap on Twitter that I don't even see on Facebook. It's like, I don't know which emotion I want to go with today. The Twitter emotions or the Facebook emotions. Like, where do I, where do I see my mental health going at today? Cause they're both equally upsetting and so I've jumped on LinkedIn a lot more here to try and mellow out from the mainstream madness is what it's yeah. turned into. Well, it'll, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting to see, um, you know, where, where things go um, with Twitter and Facebook and all these social media giants. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, certainly the landscape is changing and people are now are much more aware of how much power they really have. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people don't like that. So I, I think you're going to see a much more splintered landscape as far as social media platforms go. Um, and I think we're going to be divided just like we are in the real world. I think we're going to be divided on our social media platforms. Yeah, unfortunately so. And that's really sad because we could all just agree to disagree and live life together. But that doesn't seem to be the way that the mainstream media wants us to live. 
Yeah, and and uh, so to segue into the next article here, um, so did you know that uh, Elon Musk and and uh, the Zuck were not uh, liking each other? They were uh, they're they're kind of uh, bitter enemies here, apparently. Um, Considering and, what uh, I know about each one, that doesn't surprise me in the least. I'd have pegged them for frenemies. <laughs> Frenemies, yeah. So there's an article here I'm going to bring up. Uh, Elon Musk made a jab at Facebook, linking the rampage at the Capitol to the social network. Uh, and it's the latest insult in the years-long feud between Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and apparently this all goes back to um, a satellite that got destroyed when uh, one of Musk's uh, rockets, you know, had a failed launch. And then the, the, um, the satellite that was on it was a Facebook satellite that was going to bring internet to, to rural areas. And so, um, oh Elon Musk was kind of like, well, you know, they had that we gave him a free launch out of the deal and they had some insurance. So, you know, basically he was like, you know, they got <laughs> their losses up. covered, suck it up. And <laughs> I, apparently Zuckerberg's still pissed about it or something. So, you mean, uh, they, so Elon took away Zuckerberg's toy ship. Is that what you're trying to tell pr- us? Pretty you know? much. Uh, but apparently there's no lost love between Elon Musk and Zuckerberg. Uh, and I'm they've been so feuding since relieved. 2016 when this rocket accident occurred, um, you know, but and they've been going back and forth on art artificial intelligence and collecting data from Facebook and those sorts of things. So <laughs> did you ever think that for one moment, one of the top stories in the news would be the rocket nerd versus the computer nerd? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is, you couldn't write these headlines, you know, if you, if I you mean, to, even I Jerry mean. Springer's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nobody's going to buy that. That's ridiculous. Like, but let, let's, let's fantasize uh, here a little bit, right? You've got Elon <laughs> Musk who's, who doesn't like Zuckerberg. You've got Trump who doesn't like any of the social media giants, right? And yep. you've got Trump and Zucker, you got Trump and Musk, both with a bunch of cash, you know? So, yep. I mean, you know, it's entirely plausible that the two of them could get together and really change the digital landscape. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing too is, you know, remember uh, Musk just moved to Texas because he got fed up with California. So moved his entire company to Texas company and his houses. Yeah. yeah, So he's he's fully, fully integrated now. Um, Well, and after governor, uh, after Schwarzenegger's little speech, I'm sure he's not sorry about it one dang bit. I'm sure that just added fuel to the fire on that one. So it's, it, it's just, it's how oh, I, I can't even, <laughs> um, God, get back on track. Cause I'm going to lose track. This is, this is just, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, just, I mean, def- it's just, it just dumbfounds me. It just dumbfounds me. Yeah. Like for reals. L- lots of crazy stuff. I, I, I mean, I think in the next four years, we're definitely up for some, uh, things that we you know, that we are going to consider normal that we wouldn't have considered normal just a couple of years ago. Right. Right. And that new normal thing. And I don't know if the media, if, if we could just hold the media accountable, maybe we'll reach to a certain comfort level that we used to know. But I think the media has got a big part in all of these shenanigans that are currently taking place. Yeah. Um, and I, I, but I don't think that there's any incentive for them really to change. Right. I mean, there's no, there's no laws that have been changed. There's no financial incentive for them to change. I think we're going to get more of the same from the media. Um, I would say probably the only thing we're going to have is more choices in where we consume our media from, uh, and that'll be a good hope thing. Hope so. Hope so. I mean, I, and I'm not saying Fox is the best, but at least I can hear both sides. They're at least putting the positive and the negative, or dual sides, or more than one perspective out there for us to see. Whereas the other outlets, I don't see them doing that, and that worries me. It's like, why can't you expose me to other perspectives than the one you're pushing? What's wrong with me that you don't trust me to 
to follow a story. Like I can't make my own decisions for myself. So it's, 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 and I guess what's really sad is it's not so much that they don't trust me is that so many people are feeding into it. There is the term sheep is not a popular term right now, but it's a group think is what's taking place out there. And it's scary. Well, you know, but we've, scary. we've talked about this before, right? I don't think yeah. that it's journalism. If you're presenting an opinion, um, no, you know, I agree. journalism, you have to present both sides of the story and, you know, you have to leave, you have to, the, the reader has to leave that article or that news segment, not really knowing what the presenter feels politically, right? Because right. you should present both sides of the story in a light that doesn't, you know, sway you one way or the other. Right. That being said, I completely feel like it's fair to have opinion pieces, um, you know, but I think they should be pretty clear that they're opinion pieces. I mean, I think we ought to go as far as to require people to say in the title that it's an opinion or market somehow yeah. that it's an opinion piece because we have a lot of people trying to pass journalism off that are at, it's actually just opinion. Well, it's just like back in my, all of my master level courses and my undergrad course, any of my courses in college and even some in high school, I had to cite my sources, prove where you got that information from. And I think that should be the standard today. Prove where you got that from. If you can't prove it, then it, if it can't be validated, then you can't use it. That's where, and I don't care, especially all these anonymous resources and, and, you know, sources say all that BS, you can say that anytime because some homeless person off the street has said, I've had this vision. I'd, I'd like to see this. And it becomes newsworthy material. No, it should be cited. If you can't cite it, don't use it. If you want credibility. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think there needs to be some journalism standards, but uh, I, sadly, I don't think we're, we've got any coming very soon. I, I think we'll get no. there eventually, but, but I think right now we're just, we're, we're just hoping for something that's not coming very quick, you know, oh, um, just that's what they but, invented uh, alcohol for Chris is so that we could tolerate the BS until it, it it's no longer BS. That's, that's why alcoholism <laughs> is a thing. And, BS and, a and on that note, we are not uh, condoning alcoholism or consumption of alcohol to drown your pains or anything. No, but several people out there shook their heads in agreement with me. Yes, Tara, that's exactly right. We can moderate it, but we ain't happy with stuff. Yeah, well, to avoid oh. the rest of the show being a giant disclaimer so we don't get our butts in trouble, uh, let's talk a little bit about mm. how the how the wonderful coronavirus is reshaping America's job market. Uh, so I have an article here from, uh, I don't know where it's from, the 50, it's from politico.com. And um, it's saying about one in three people were either working in a different job in September than they were in February, or they were unemployed. And so, I mean, this is have, you know, everybody knows this has had huge impacts on, on our economy. Um, yeah. but, but I really don't think people understand that the extent to, you know, how, how crazy this really is. No, I don't think they do either. Um, I, I think it's overplayed. I, I think we overdid this pandemic extraordinary, just way, way too much. Um, I think if the media had stayed out of this one, the doctors could have handled it just fine. Um, but it, because of the decisions that were made, I'm tired of them blaming Corona. Humans made the decisions that put the economy where it's at. We made these decisions right. and we enforced them and we encouraged them and we executed them. So that's the first thing I'm going to put out there. And I'm not sorry to say that one out loud at all, but because of what's happened, people have had to redesign their career paths or, or change their, their, their workspaces completely and entirely. I know I'm working remote full-time until further notice. And so, and I know a lot of people are, and it's causing a lot of issues that way, but um, this says, and some people are, even, they're still not working since being laid off or being let go or since their business is closed. 
there's some people who still are not working and are drawing unemployment. I know a couple of people whose unemployment has, has somehow ended. I don't know all the if ands or buts to that, but um, it's it, it, we need to take responsibility for this one too. I think we did this to ourselves to a certain degree, uh, but it, our economy took a hell of a hit because of all these shenanigans for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the effects of this lockdown and, and this coronavirus pandemic are going to be not really known for the next several years. I mean, we know that um, all sorts of social measures have just, you know, skyrocketed in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I don't oh, think yeah. we're, we're really going to know the effects of that for, for years to come. And then you have all of the anxiety that's, that's going to be, um, you know, that are in our kids that are, you know, you know, middle school and high school, even, even elementary kids. I mean, they're going to have anxiety about this for, you know, gener- for at least a generation, right? Well, just, um, they're, so. they've got it now. Just, you know, even I became sick with a cold and I get sick with a cold every year. It turns into laryngitis. And I'll have laryngitis multiple times a year. And everybody's like, oh my God, you have COVID. No, I don't. COVID's not the only thing out there. Oh my God, are you sure? Go get a test. No, I don't have COVID. It's a cold. I know a cold. I've had COVID. I would still rather have COVID over H1N1, but there's such anxiety like, oh my God, don't touch me. Don't come near me. You have COVID. I don't have COVID. Like it's even starting now where everybody's panicked that every illness out there is COVID. There's still other things out there, but we have lost sight of the bigger medical picture because of this. And now people are, and it's, it's already started. Did you see that cartoon of the guys like laying on the sidewalk and he's bleeding out? And there's two cops there. And he said, yeah, he died of coronavirus. And he was a bank robber that the cops shot. No, but I believe it because that's the, the current trend. Since... Yeah, I mean, it seems like, they, you know, basically everybody's got corona, you know, in some way or, well, or shape. But, you know. Right. And it's and people, that's what's what's funny is when my, my kids first went back to school, I immediately got a call from the school saying, hey, just want to call and let you know, we've already had influenza A and B. And so... Um, just keep an eye out. It's like, oh, those things still exist. They're like, oh yeah, they're hitting hard right now. But, you know, we still have to test for, you know, Corona. It's like, oh, good gracious. Um, oh yeah, that's the other thing. I have allergies on top of it. And this is one of our listeners just popped in there. Robin says, try having your allergies all year round. I have allergies all year round. And I'm never more afraid to cough out in public than I am right now. Cause I don't want people looking at me like I have like the death ray coming out of my body. Like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's almost like, ugh. So it's like like being segregated. It's like you're a, a big, ugly, um, sore thumb out in the middle of public as soon as you start to cough or sniffle. And I was sniffling at a funeral today only because it was cold outside and there were several of us sniffling. And But, oh my gosh, it was, oh, man, I, it, it's such a pain. It's just such, it, all the panic around it, all the, um, you've got COVID, you know, how did you get COVID? It's like, it's not covid folks there's so many other things out there yeah i can go on forever and um so we, and what's we're running kind ahead. of long so let's uh we always run long i know but we're running really long tonight because of all the news segment here but um i did want to talk to uh i've got a couple of fun ones in here that we can talk about yeah. um this one here is uh 10 eerie ghost towns that made that and the disasters that made them and uh it, it's kind Too of much. uh kind of makes me want to do a road trip for some of these. Cause one of these, uh, that I think was down in Oklahoma, wasn't too far from us. So do what <laughs> come again, which is this the abandoned towns or which one are you talking about? Uh, so these are, uh, let's scroll down here a little bit. Um, there's a place Ten in Nambia that swallowed by sand. 
Whoa, um, like a sandstorm or what? Well, apparently uh, this this town was made because the sand was there because they were, I don't know what they were doing with the sand, but then the sand basically took the town over. You can go read the whole article. Whoa. Um, I guess it was, uh, they, they found diamonds in the sand and then they were mining the diamonds and then um, and then the diamonds kind of ran out. Now the, the sand is just taking over the town. So, Oh, wow. Um, I, I thought these were kind of right up your alley. Um, <laughs> I've heard of this place before. There's a place in Pennsylvania that's on fire underground. Uh, it was an old coal mine and the coal mine what? caught on fire. Um, and apparently the surface temperatures got so hot that people had to basically move out. So there's a abandoned wow. town in Pennsylvania. Um, and there's, uh, let's see um times beach missouri i'd never heard of this one but they uh they, they accidentally poisoned um i guess the the water supply i think is what it was poisoned um, by city oh no they officials. uh they put waste oil on the dirt roads to keep the dust down the the waste oil had bad stuff in it um yeah and then uh, bob's your uncle uh australia <laughs> asbestos poisoning um, oh my word japan they had a coal mine uh island a little island that was coal mining um and then it was abandoned uh let's see here oh uh, norway gosh. they had a a crash an airplane crash apparently and uh there was an economic crash and then uh a plane, a plane crash with most of the residents from this town on it and then they basically just closed the town up after that uh, oh wow that one so Oh, yeah, here we go. Pitcher, Oklahoma, uh, poisoned by lead and destroyed by a tornado, which is like, doesn't that sound like the most Midwestern thing ever? That is know? so Midwestern. <laughs> That's right up our alley. But yeah, we should uh, we should definitely go check this place out. And oh, my gosh, I don't it's even probably know not that far. Yeah, I, I didn't even know if you can get in it or what you can see. That'd but be interesting. It'd be kind of, kind of interesting to go see. Um, there's another place here, smothered by volcanic ash, which... Uh, um, you know, France raised by Nazis left as a memorial. Um, you know, I think that's Chernobyl. I'm familiar with Chernobyl. Chernobyl. I think yeah, we all are. We've all heard of Chernobyl, um, which apparently I guess there's a lot of stuff growing there now. So there, yeah. was, a, there was a show that, that talked about uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think uh, amazing kind of fun stuff here to look at. And then uh, the last article I had uh, was uh, this is a good feel good story here. We'll bring this up. Um, and it was, uh, on Fox news. It was a, uh, couple in Maine donated thousands to the supermarket staff after winning 1 million in lottery on scratch off. This tickets. is a real B and H so customer story. Pretty cool. Jack and Barman, professional wildlife. For um, feel good story kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, apparently they won, uh, they won, uh, some tickets here. They won 1 million and some tickets and then they decided to uh, give it back, um, to some people in the community that they knew. So I thought that was pretty cool. Huh? That is pretty cool. I'll be darned. Well, with that, we've kind of uh, run through the rest of the news. Is there anything else? Uh, that, did I cut you <laughs> off? It? No, I, I'm trying to keep up. It's like there's all these different towns and then a million dollar scratch off lottery ticket. I'm like, well, that's how you capped that off. <laughs> I always like to, to end the news. Plus, I'm trying to keep note, up with right? audience. Uh, <laughs> so we've got somebody who's been to Times Beach. She needs to come up on the show and tell us what Times Beach is all about since she's been there. I'd never heard of it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to respond to these here in a little bit. There's a lot of questions that came through, but um, yeah, that's the kind of place I just want to take my camera for you know a weekend and just kind uh, of your run drone. And, that's what you want to do. Take yeah, your take drone my drone down places. there. We we could we could do a remote show from the abandoned whatever down there. That would be yeah, kind of we cool. could. That'd be awesome. 
That'd be very you know, cool. until until it's like lunchtime, we're like, oh, let's go to McDonald's, and then we show up to McDonald's, and there's you know nobody there. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, we better pack a lunch. <laughs> well, what do you think? You want to go over to a career workout? Let's do the workout. This. Is- it's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push. You got it. Now harder, lift and push. It's the career workout. Well, you know, it, it definitely helps when you hit the right button and play the right intro. <laughs> I can't hear I him, can't so I can't him. correct you. I'm just going to pretend that you know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, everybody watching is like, what is he doing there? He's just getting button happy. That's funny. I can't hear any of it. <laughs> That's I wish I could hear it because I would totally give you crap about it. Yeah. That's funny. Right. Hey, audience, you need to let me know when he's playing the wrong stuff at the wrong time because I am immune to hearing it. Help me <laughs> out. Okay. So on this career workout, I found something that's uh, 10 things you can do to improve your career today. This is from workitdaily.com. It's a new website that I found. This seems pretty cool. Now they, they offer 10 things. I'm not going to go into all 10 things. It's a little teaser to get you to go on here and check it out. But if you're looking to take charge of your career and you should, because despite what your manager may tell you, your leadership supervisors, whoever, um, nobody else is in charge of your career, but you, um, some people may have influence over and may have a little bit of power as to how fast you move, but ultimately it's really on you to get out what you put into it. And so starting with the number one, um, item on the list is set small goals regularly. Um, The reason for this is if you set small goals regularly, um, one, they're easy to attain. They're supposed to be regular daily goals. That's a feeling of productivity and a feeling of accomplishment. Two, it sets up the standard for momentum. If you're used to accomplishing goals every day, you are less likely to sit around and feel lazy or kind of wonder what you're supposed to be doing. And so these goals could be anything that they need to be regarding your work. If it's talking to your manager, about tasks you want to be doing or setting the goal to meet two new people um, every day, you know, whatever it is, you know, your job, you know, your workspace, uh, be it on site or remote, um, put some goals in for yourself that, you know, you can accomplish or at least come close to accomplishing to. It's always okay to not accomplish your goals, but at least strive for them. Um, And it's, again, these are achievable goals. These are not outrageous. Let's go meet the VP and become best friends type of goals. This is, easy to accomplish, easy to attain, just to give you a sense of momentum and and a feel good ship. Stretch yourself. This isn't about getting up and stretching your arms out or, you know, doing a a downward dog yoga pose in the middle of the day at work. This is challenging yourself. Figure out what your comfort zone is and then try to move beyond that. Figure out what you're good at and then work on the things you are not good at. Um, And you can kind of identify these things when you think about your interview process Um, the interviewer will always ask you, what are your weaknesses? These are the things you want to work on. If you're not very good with finances, try to get better at that if that is going to help you improve at your job. If you're not good at public speaking, then practice it. Figure out how to get better at it so that, especially if it's going to work for your job, giving presentations, if you don't like to, to talk in front of a small crowd, or just to facilitate a meeting as the meeting organizer. Figure out what you need to do to stretch beyond your comfort zone and get a little bit better at the things you're doing every day. Get feedback. Nobody likes this one. Nobody likes to get feedback because nobody wants to hear anything negative about themselves. They want to hear all good stuff. They want to have their egos rubbed up on and they want to be loved on and they don't want to hear anything negative. And that doesn't do you any good. Negative feedback doesn't mean you're a bad person. There are things that you can work on. Uh, Negative feedback is more about hopefully identifying your weaknesses from somebody else's point of view. 
and multiple perspectives are always great to have. You're going to have the occasional uh, manager, leadership, somebody up above you that's looking to, to keep you down. I know I've had one of them. And you need to be able to find feedback from somebody else that can help you. So that's what feedback is about, is getting better. Um, the other one I wanted to focus on, we're going to jump down the line about here. Be curious about your industry. I know I entered into an industry I know absolutely jack about. And when I say jack, I mean, the only thing I knew about aviation is that a plane is in the air somehow. I don't know how it got there. I just know it stays up there and it's supposed to stay up there. I also know it's not supposed to be on the ground unless it's supposed to be on the ground. And so I've been able to ask a lot of questions, a lot of clarifying questions at the risk of looking incredibly stupid. And Chris has heard me ask some doozies, I'm sure. But you want to be curious about your industry. If you don't know everything about it, find out more about it. And even if you do think you know everything about it, find out more about it. Always be curious about where you are at. Um, the last one I'm going to touch base on is read. This is everybody's favorite fear is reading. I don't like reading. I don't want to read. Oh yeah, well, you're reading stuff all the time on the internet, so shush. But read something that can help you improve at your work. If it's reading um, self-development books, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, so I read his stuff pretty frequently. Um, or if it's, I can't think of any other authors other than myself, so a little bit of shameless plug there. But find stuff to read that'll help you improve at your job and improve upon your weaknesses and even build upon your strengths. Um, because when you, it's, it's about self-education and self-teaching and self-learning. You can't rely on everybody else to teach you. You can't rely on everybody else to tell you what you need to do. You need to take an introspective look and realize what you need to do to get better and push your career to the next level. You cannot rely on somebody to say, oh, hey, you look like you'd be really good at this. Let me just hand this, this promotion to you with no work from your part at all. It's not how the real world works. That's why you're ticked off at so many people who are up in positions that are higher than yours or are getting promoted. They're doing something about themselves. But that's just a few tips from the article. There's 10 of them. Go check them out if you're interested in bettering yourself at your career. But Chris, what do you think? I'm sure you can identify with a few of those or saw some other ones you can identify with. Yeah, I think those are all great um, suggestions there. I mean, I think the big takeaway for me is really just to be intentional about your career. Yes. Um, you know, and, and you can certainly do a lot of things, um, at work that would hurt your career. Um, so being cognizant of that. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's really just about being intentional about it and, yes. and, and working on it. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not something you just, okay, you got a job and you show up and then expect to be promoted. Right. And I mean, you know, if you're going to go climb the corporate ladder, it takes a lot of work. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Patience. a lot of people discount yes. how much work and, and time and effort it does actually take to one, uh, you know, become better at your job so that you'll get promoted to a different job. Right. Which I think is, right. is critical. Um, and, and then two, the networking that's required, um, not only networking within, you know, people within your functional area or maybe the group that you work in, but across different areas. So, right. you know, if you're in accounting, uh, you know, get to know people in contracts, you know, get to know people in the legal department, get to know the marketing department, um, you know, and those sorts of things. So I think um, the people that are going to be more promotable and especially in the corporate environment um, are those ones that, that have that large networking base. Uh, you know, basically they can get things done because as you climb the ladder, um, you know, one of the things that makes you unique in climbing the ladder is being able to get things done. Yes. And oftentimes that means calling up somebody in a different department and being like, and using your personal relationship with that person to get something done. 
right? And I think a lot of people discount um, that networking. And, and that's why, you know, during this whole Corona thing, that's why this is so difficult with, you know, a lot of us being stuck at home. It's really hard to network. Um, you know, the corporations are not having, you know, events for their employees where right. they can socialize and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, those things are all, all really, really, really important. I agree. And networking, you can still network. You just have to be able to network remotely. You just need to get comfortable being in front of that camera with somebody, even if you don't know them. It's, oh, you can do I'm, it. I'm networking. It's just my network is a network cable, not actually building relationships with people. It's moving bits and data in and out of my computer. That's right. the kind of networking I'm doing during this whole pandemic. And, and it's driving me kind of bonkers, actually. But yeah, I w- wish we had more opportunities to, to work with people. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times when you network, it, it's not, um, not so much about calling somebody up on a video call, but you know, you're, you may be talking to somebody and they may say, Oh, well go do talk to this person over here. You know, um, it, you know, so social connections that, that are really, really hard to make when you're at home, you know, just mm-hmm. sitting, sitting behind your video conference solution. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think, uh, it, it's it's hard to network during during the corona thing but in general i mean someday this whole pandemic thing will be over and we'll be back to being on site hopefully um yeah, you know we will be uh definitely be intentional about your career um but the other piece of advice i'll give is you know when i first started you know my career if you had asked me what my career was looked like i would have drawn this nice neat little line Right. <laughs> and I'm going to start here and I'm going to go to here and I'm going to go it's to here. And I'm going to go to here. <laughs> and in reality, if I had given a three year old a crayon and said, draw me the most crazy mess of spaghetti you can draw, that probably is, looks a little more accurate to right. what actually happened to my career so far. Right. So, um, you know, I think wanting to grow in your career is good. Um, but but don't hold yourself down or, or don't get down on yourself if if your career doesn't exactly go as planned either. That that was right. another point that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, because the career we think we want may not be the career we end up with. Sometimes we we don't understand what we want. We don't know how to voice it properly. Yeah, and I think it's worth it's worth noting too that um, advancing in your career is not solely about your abilities, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's it's true on um, the lower rungs of careers, you know. But as you grow uh, and get higher up on the ladder, um, so to speak, I think your the things that promote you um, are somewhat skill related. But I think it's also how well you socialize, how well you no. network. Um, and, and not, and, and somebody can have fantastic skills in those areas and still not, uh, advance because I still think that part of your growing in your career is being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So it's timing and that's not always something that you can control either. Right. right? And, and I right. still think, and, and you're going to think this is stupid, but there's, I think a little bit of luck that that's involved with advancing in your career too. So, I mean, I think it's that combination of skills, and timing and luck that, that makes people advance. Well, you know, thinking about that luck factor, if you think about going back to your being intentional, along with being intentional, it's just being a genuine version of yourself, because that's where that luck comes into play. Uh, you being genuine happens to cross paths with the person that appreciates that genuineness that you're offering. And it makes them think, hey, you know what? While they may not be the, the, the person who's got the technical background for this, they're the person who can lead this these people to to the next stage up. So that's I think that that luck can be easily translated into just being genuine and crossing paths with the right person. And that's, you, you get recognized that way. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. And and I think it's also worth saying that the career path for one person is not going to be the same as another. No, right? there, there yeah, are don't no compare two career identical paths. 
career paths there. So um, yeah, I think because uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I started off as a single or not. A, I started off my career as a stay at home mom. That's where my career started at. So it's I wasn't sure where I was going to go, but. Well, you know, to be fair, it's easy to promote yourself when you're a single mom and you're head of the household, right? Because you're automatically at the top. Yeah, but there's a desire to feel like you're part of something bigger, too. So there's you had to it was scary to start back out into the the workforce when I had to do it. But it's it's everybody's got their niches somewhere and you got to find out where they're at and what feels good and what comes naturally. You know what I mean? And where you can be your genuine self and not worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's worth noting, too, that, um, you know, anytime you're going to advance is, is going to be a little bit of a risk and it should feel a little bit uncomfortable. Right. And, and that's yes. that's how you grow. Yeah, absolutely. You got to feel uncomfortable. You got to get that. So that stretching yourself, going past your your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, you, you've got to leave that comfort zone in order in order to grow. So, yes. Um, yeah, I think great article. You. It's uh, it's got a lot of good advice, lots to unpack. Yeah. And um you know, definitely, definitely something to think about during these times in, in coronavirus when, you know, we've got lots of uh, movement in the career sector and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe some opportunities uh, opening up because of that. I agree. I agree. What about career failure? What do we got? Career fail of the week. All right. So for <laughs> career failure, um, I've got an article <laughs> here. Was it a transition? I can't hear it. Yeah, it was a transition. Um, I, need so, a, I needed some sort of like a little alert or like I'm just gonna baseball. Have to, I'm just going to have to hold something up so you can see it. <laughs> career, like little career failure. Yeah. What's on the What's on the books for career fail this uh, week? So what's on the books for career fail? I've got an article here that is uh, Whole Foods CEO John Mackey, uh, how to devastate employee morale in a single blow. Bow. <laughs> I was going to say bow, single in blow. Here. Um, and he's got some good advice here, and he talks mainly about when he goes to visit um, the Whole Foods stores, uh, and you know, basically what he does when he visits a store is that, um, you know, if somebody comes up and you know says there's something wrong to him, then you know he, you know, some CEOs will stop everything and try and address it right there, and yeah. um, you know he'll pull the manager aside and and discuss it later. But um, you know he he basically you know he he's very intentional about what his role is as a CEO and how the employees should perceive him. And I, I really like his style because, um, you know, he's, he's basically like, Hey, the employees look up to me. And if, if I'm mad or I'm irrational around them, you know, and, he, and we're, to be clear, we're talking about a CEO that's in a grocery store and the employees that work in a grocery store. So you're talking the very top of the um, corporate ladder versus the Food chain. <laughs> the bottom of it, right? Um, but, you know, his, his thing is he's he's there to, um, you know, basically um, act a certain way, right? And and the, right. I think he, he makes a good point that there's a time and a place that's appropriate to deal with different things, right? Yeah. Um, and so he's really conscious about not uh, destroying the employee morale, you know, in the stores, uh, because of the way that he acts. And I thought that was a really good message to put out yeah. there. I think that is. I think that's um, CEOs, unfortunately, are held up to a certain um, fantastical stigma. It's something that's been made up. And it's kind of been trailblazed by some other CEOs out there who think they're better than those that are starting at the bottom. Um, I have a CEO in mind who believes that all of his staff are replaceable. So he treats them as replaceable entities in his business. And it's really not, that's a, the, the morale of the company has received that message from him. So they don't want any part of him. When he's around, they get all stiffed 
you know, their bodies go real stiff. They get really anxious and they don't want to talk to him because this is this guy. And if you talk to him the wrong way, he's liable to fire you because he doesn't care if you're here or not. He just wants the work. Right. Yeah. Whereas another CEO for companies to work for, you would never know he was a C-level executive because he would hit the bars with the rest of the employees after five. And let's be real. It wasn't after five. It was like after three. <laughs> but as long as Friday after three, your work was done, he had nothing else to do. There was a space that was kind of reserved for this particular group. And he'd show up and he'd pay the tap for everybody. Kind of, right. you no, know, he didn't want to talk work. He just wanted to make friends and be cool. And, and it was really neat because you could see how he compartmentalized work with work. But he was the same dude. He was still genuine. He was still fresh. He was still outgoing. And he just, you would never know he was C-level material. And you didn't get real, you know, stiff around him. You didn't panic when you saw him. You're like, oh, hey, there's so-and-so. And I'm not going to use names because people know where I've worked in the past. But they would say, hey, there's so-and-so. And he's cool. We can hang out with him. And he knew you by first name. Whereas this, this other stiff shirt dude was like, I, do I know? Do you even work here? Like, what do you do exactly? It's like, right. well, I'm the teller that's been taking care of business for like four years for you, you know, those kinds of things. Have you ever watched the undercover boss uh, show there, the TV show? I don't think so. Oh, you've got to go watch undercover boss, but it's where, you know, CEOs or executives and companies will take a a low, you know, a bottom of the rung position. um, And, you know, they'll put makeup and wigs on so they can't be recognized. And then they'll, they'll go work for a day. And the one that I'm thinking of was, uh, a CEO, and I, I don't remember exactly what the company did, but they had a call center, and the CEO ended up being a trainee in the call center, no. um, and he ended up uncovering uh, quite a few problems that the call center people were having that the management just weren't they weren't doing anything about, you know. Right. And then it kind of re- he he kind of early uh, cut it short and, and revealed that he was the CEO early, and then the the gal that he was working with that was training him, but just, I mean, <laughs> rightfully she just freaked out, you know, but they had a really good conversation about, you know, Hey, these are some very easily fixable things that are going on here. And, and why aren't, you know, why aren't they being fixed? And so I think it was good on both sides because those shows tend to open up the eyes of the CEO yes. uh, certainly. And then they also um, open up, you know, the eyes of, of the regular workers too. So um, but yeah, on this particular article, though, I wanted to bring it up and talk about, he uh, specifically says that he can give 10 compliments, but one criticism will de- devastate the morale. And so that's yeah. the crux of the, of the thing here. So he's really, um, you know, he's really focused on, you know, sort of not, uh, you know, not giving negative, uh, you know, attention when he's visiting yeah. the stores. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I do too. I think that's, it's, you got to find the positive in the situation. That's really, that's good that he does that. That's not normal for a lot of people out there. The the norm is like, let's go focus on a problem. Let's identify the problem. Let's have you guys explain to me why it is a problem versus I've seen this. You guys are doing this right about it. What do you guys think you can do to help improve it? Like there's a way to approach people with words that uh, won't scare the dickens out of them. And you know, most people are scared of the the title anyway. It's not so much the man or the woman. It's the the title CEO, CFO, CIO, that C-level executive or those upper management positions that scare the dickens out of people and they're afraid to bring those things up. So it's great that he's going down there and making himself a, a approachable because that's what you really want from a C-level group or upper management is to be approachable. 
It makes yeah, a I, think, I think that's that's a huge point here too, right? Is that when you become an executive, um, you know, you're obviously making important decisions about the business, uh, but you do have a certain uh, responsibility back to the employees to, um, you know, to be that person that people look up to. And yeah. uh, I think in, you know, we, we've seen lots of executives that haven't necessarily lived up to that in the news over the last several years. Um, no. But I, I think that's that's making a comeback, hopefully, and uh, I think I think it needs to make a comeback. Well, and that's uh, it's kind of where the coaching up and managing up is going to come into play. Is um, if you have the opportunity, if you if you've received that open invitation from your boss to um, provide that feedback, then great. Ooh, we're doing cartwheels over here. Um, but if not, you might ask for that permission to <laughs> to um, to do that. I have been turned around. I'm trying to make it so that you can see the TV that I can see. So you can see the, the transition. I, I can tell. <laughs> I can't see you now. <laughs> you don't need to see me. Clearly not. I can see the TV and I, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Well, we'll get that fixed for the next time. <laughs> As we're talking about being genuine folks, this is how you be absolutely genuine. Can they see that you, did you have me on screen only or did, could yeah, they see no, that you they were flipping you around? I, they couldn't see that I was, flip, okay. I was flipping the to camera. Okay, to be fair, <laughs> I am not crazy. He was, he turned me on and I was, I could see him and he's flipping the camera around on me. It looked like I was doing a cartwheel virtually. I don't know what you're taking over there, but you might want to back <laughs> off of it a little bit. <laughs> I'm not, it's just cough, cough drops and tea. So I am not, <laughs> don't even, I, I will have, I don't have witnesses, so I'm kind of SOL. <laughs> Here's the, here's so the webcam that you can see me with. <laughs> Tell me they uh, can see that now. Uh, no, they can see me. I'm going to put you see. up. Whatever, Whatever's on the this side over here. What's on this side? So they can see me. I can, he's, 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 he's messing with me, folks. He's trying to make me sound nuts. He's trying to, <laughs> he's trying to discredit me. I won't be discredited. I will have followership. I'm getting dizzy though. Holy crow. I mean, if I had been drinking I, or something, that makes it's sense, whatever. but... It's whatever you're taking for that thing you got, that COVID Halls, laryngitis you right got. here. Halls, uh, yeah. just a cough drop. What and are they putting in those? Are those the extra Stay good halls? Throat. I wish. I've heard of CBD halls, but I'm pretty sure that shows up on a drug test, and I'm not interested in having that conversation with work. Yeah, that's probably not good. That's well, look, not something I want to engage in. You ready to do the IT corner? What do you got on the IT corner? All right. Do your little ballpark. <laughs> Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. And we're back. So I'm gonna need you to do the YMCA thing next time y so that um <laughs> yeah, I need a little sign or something. I'll just point the that web camera at the TV next time you'll be able to see it. <laughs> so this week um, on the IT corner, um I bought a new wireless router for my house because uh we're doing this podcast and um, I wanted to be able to wire up to things so I get the fastest speed possible so we didn't have internet cutouts and dropouts and that kind of thing. Ugh. So uh, I went out and I bought the AX5400 dual band Wi-Fi 6 gaming router, comma, PS5 compatible, comma, mobile game mode, comma, Asus Aura RGB, lifetime free internet security, mesh Wi-Fi support, gear accelerator, gaming port, adaptive QoS, and port forwarding. That is the official title of this thing. Um, that's but, the official uh, title of it well that's, that's the title <laughs> that's the official title of it like this is not that, an amazon title, like this is the official title no, from that, the, that was on the asus website that's what they had for the uh, love of st croix so 
talk about keyword stuffing there. I mean, they're just trying to get it all all out there. But uh, anyhow, I'll bring it up again. What this thing is is it's a uh, it's a Wi-Fi router. So uh, you plug it into your modem, and then it creates a network that you can connect to via Wi-Fi. It also has uh, some network connections on the back, so you can hardwire things in. Um, so what I ended up doing was uh, hardwiring in most of my stuff here that we use for the podcast and the hardwire. Um, that way we get faster speeds and, and you know, less dropouts and things like that. Uh, but I got to say, I, I did have an old Apple router before this. And yeah. uh, I will tell you, this thing is way faster than the old Apple router was. It is blazingly <laughs> fast compared to the old one. Uh, but the thing I wanted to talk about was... When I went to, you know, looked online for things, and I finally said, well, I might as well just go to Best Buy and see what the heck they got. Um, what's amazing is the, the variety of things that you can buy to do wireless routing. I mean, to, oh, you know, to make a network in your house. There, Best Buy had an entire aisle of this stuff, and it was like the differences between them, it didn't, you know, one was $100 more, but you really couldn't tell what was worth $100 more, you know. Uh, for it so um, you, you know when you're out there just really be careful that you're not overspending because these things went all the way from 100 bucks all the way to 600 bucks it was absolutely amazing at, at the price the, differences between them i should have been a computer nerd holy crow so is it just the it's just a router it's not a modem slash router it just does the routing well, it's a wireless router, so uh, you have to have a separate modem. So here we have cable internet. So you have a cable modem, and then the cable yeah. modem plugs into this thing, and then this thing makes the network in your house. So yeah, it's a separate oh, piece of hardware. But uh, so much work. It's uh, designed for people that do gaming, and you know, of course, I've got a son who's fourteen who <sighs> likes to do gaming, and so that might be well. something I need to look into. Yeah, Ugh. but uh, it is really uh, amazing how fast it is. Um, wasn't too bad to set up. Uh, it was a little bit technical, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, definitely the, uh, the technology is, is changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. And you mean it's difficult to set up? You mean if Bo comes over, is he going to get mad at me because I bought this stinking thing and made him install it? Like how much am I going to owe Bo for this? Oh, you might owe him a couple of cans of pop. I don't, it wasn't that bad to set it up. <laughs> I mean, it, it pretty much worked out of the box, but uh, there were some things that I wanted to customize. So it took a little ah, bit for that. There it is. Oh, well, hey, if it works faster, I knew I need to get new equipment. So I hate to spend the money on that kind of thing. So it's like, what's what's really the difference other than the fact that, you know, we have technical failures every time I turn on our podcast to go live. <laughs> um, but I do have a gamer um, and uh, I have a gamer in the house and I've got a streamer in the house. And um, so they're constantly on. I'll be teaching before too long. So I'll be doing that kind of streaming. So it's probably something I do need to look into. So what is the, I mean, if, besides gamers, who else is going to um, benefit from this? Well, I think the, uh, you know, they advertise it as being better for gamers, but you know, really anything that you're, any data that you're moving. So if you're watching TV on the Apple TVs or you're, you know, you've got a smart TV that you're using Hulu or Netflix, that sort of thing. I mean, this thing will, um, it's supposed to optimize the internet to, or the wireless network to, to be for faster speeds, um, you know, locally. So, um, right. you know, I, I think, you know, in my case, I went from some equipment that was over five years old 
to something that was, you know, 2021. Um, and it was a huge leap in speed is, is the point I was trying to make. So, you know, I think a right. lot of people out there, you know, they buy a wireless router. These things work for a relatively long time. Um, and then they're like, you know, man, my internet's low. Well, you know, it might not be your internet. It may be your router in your house, which, you know, your Cox or whoever your internet provider is, you know, they have nothing to do with. So, um, right. definitely worth checking into. And, um, this was, uh, I think $269, if I remember right, 270 so something like that. I just so. pulled it cause it, on the link that you provided, there's a where to buy that's cleverly hidden in red text on a black, uh, black background. And there's several different, um, Asus, Amazon, Best Buy, uh, looks like better homes and gardens, but I'm pretty sure that's not what that means. Walmart. So I clicked on Amazon because we do everything through Amazon around here. And it looks like they're retailing it at just over 200 bucks, like $208. The list price there is, it's, it's like $21 off, but uh, so they're selling it there. Um, I don't know what Walmart is selling it for. Let me see. see what the well, and you know, there were, you there were, Best Buy? Um, well, I got mine at Best Buy, but it's with these routers, there's like several sub models of the main model. So yeah, I, I think I'm I bought, sure. I didn't buy the bottom level one. I think I bought the mid one, which was a little bit more expensive. Uh, so you got to really you watch when you're buying it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, so far it seems like it's working pretty good. Um, you know, but I just wanted to bring it up here just to let people know that, you know, Hey, if your internet's slow, you may not may you know, and you've got a router that's a couple of years old, the technology has gotten a lot better. Um, yeah. so it might be worth the upgrade to you. I mean, I'm, I'm paying, you know, a hundred bucks a month for internet anyhow. Um, so oh, it's I'm worth, paying more than that, you know, yeah, it's worth having a good piece of equipment to get the speed that you're actually paying for. So yeah, no joke. That's if I, yeah, I'm going to have to do it. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to spend well, the money on want, something what else. What I want to like, know is uh, when you when you go out and buy one of these, and Bo looks at it and tells you what he thinks of it, or you have him already, look at what you're going to buy. He already sent me a link to a router modem combo, which is like almost four hundred dollars. Like, just how much money do you think I'm made of, sir? Like, what? He's like, this is a pretty comparable price. I was like, uh, I quit. I quit. I quit. I just I don't need the internet. I don't need technology. It's fine. I will find another way. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be spending some money. I don't want to spend it, but I will. <laughs> Not happy. Oh, don't be tight with the technology now. Technology is your friend. Wait, mm. <laughs> we're gonna get you a better webcam here at some point. Although it's not looking too bad tonight. <laughs> well, I switched to the other computer, and that's probably why it's a little newer. <laughs> you mean it's newer than ten years old, which is I you mean, know, and and computer world, that's like you know Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum. Old. You know what? That means it's going to be worth a heck of a lot of money here soon. So I'm just going to hold tight to it until I, I mean, let's be real. I'm going to pass it off to my kid who's going to go to college and I'm going to get a new one, but I'm going to have to spend money to do that. <sighs> There's got to be, I could spend that money at the spa or something and feel good for a day. Or I could get a, a longevity. I mean, it's only going to be two years. So that's all I'm going to get out of it. I have to buy another one. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. Where's the madness? It's all madness. It's like media madness. Speaking of media madness, should we do that? That's exactly why I segue <laughs> to it. I want to get off the tech. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. All right, so for Media Madness, I'll go first here. I've got a uh, I'll bring it up here. Uh this is a show that I watched called Ted Lasso. Have you have you watched this at all? I've not heard of it to have watched it. What is this? So this is a uh, this is a show that is on Apple TV. 
Um, and it was done um, for Apple. It was exclusively made for Apple TV. It's a series. It's uh, uh, one season long so far. I think it's, you know, eight or ten episodes, something like that. Uh, but I'll bring it back up here. But uh, what this was is a uh, Saturday Night Live skit from several years ago that got resurrected and made into a TV series. Oh, how um, funny. And what really caught my eye about it was uh, when I first started watching this thing, um, they showed a, a, a coach from Wichita State, but they was coaching football. And obviously, Wichita State doesn't have a football team uh, because they had an accident several years ago. The team uh, perished on an airline crash or airplane crash. And they've yep. never had a football team since. Uh, but the premise of this story is this this football coach leaves Wichita State and goes over to England to coach the other kind of football, which is soccer. So he goes over to coach a soccer team uh, without knowing anything about soccer. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a really great show uh, because of his sort of style and, and how he deals with players and, and develops players and things like that. Um, and he's one of these kinds of people that's like, uh, you know, it's like the, the people from, uh, uh, Chick-fil-A that are always happy, right? He's always upbeat all the time and <laughs> right. almost annoyingly upbeat, you know? Um, and that's so funny. it's, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting show. It's, it's fun to watch. Um, and uh, I, I highly recommend it, especially for anybody that's in management, um, I think he's got a lot of really good takeaways of how he does things, whether, you know, they're real or not. Cause this is a TV show, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, certainly good piece of entertainment. And, you know, again, this is another one of those shows where I just was like, I had to binge watch it. I just, I, I had to. That's the great thing about technology today. You can binge watch a lot of shows. Well, that's cool. I hadn't even heard of this sucker yet. So I'll have to go back and how far is it? Like the first season? Is it how far into it are they? Uh, so yeah, first season is, is launched. Uh, they've gotten the green light to, uh, launch, uh, to, to film seasons two and three. So there's going to be three seasons of this is, is greenlit so far. Um, but in, interestingly enough, they, they greenlit the seasons pretty early on. Um, I guess they had some really good, uh, response to it initially. Nice. So, um, I'm That's not sure cool. how long it's been out there, but, um, it's, it's kind of interesting because he, uh, you know, he goes over to coach, you know, soccer football, right? Uh, yeah. And doesn't know any of the rules. And, and you know, they're all calling him a bad name that shouldn't be said on the air. Um, but, you know, and eventually he kind of wins over the fans. He kind of wins over the players, um, you know, and they have a pretty, you know, pretty interesting season. So, nice. Um, I kind of a feel-good story. Yeah, it's definitely a feel-good story. I won't I won't ruin any of it. There's, there's a little <laughs> bit of a plot twist in there where it's a little yeah. devious. Uh, but, uh, I won't, I won't ruin that cause that's a pretty good spoiler, <laughs> but, uh, definitely, definitely a good show. If you're looking for something that's a little bit light and not, uh, you know, if you get tired of watching the news, uh, shut the damn news off and go watch yes. this thing and it'll, it'll cheer you up. That sounds like a plan. Excellent. What have you got? What have I got? Well, I got this, um, it's a, it's a trailer that I'm offering. Um, the movie is not yet released. It's due to be, I think it's going to be released on the 14th. So I think we're pretty close. But it's from dailywire.com. If you're not familiar with Daily Wire, that is Ben Shapiro's home network, home area. I don't understand all the relationships there, but they recently moved to Nashville um, because they were not happy in California, as is the trend right now. And so Ben Shapiro is a facts don't care about your feelings kind of guy. He's a conservative. He's a Republican. Um, and so what he and this uh, Daily Wire company did together is they created this movie that they have been researching for years. It's called Run hide fight and so 
If you are, um, have been paying attention at all in the past several years, or you're in law enforcement, you understand, or you're in academia, you know what those three words mean. It means you've got an open, an active, an active shooter on campus, and you either run from them, you hide from them, or you fight them. Which is kind of, I always thought was kind of interesting that you would be encouraged to fight somebody, but when you're in an enclosed environment and you've got no other choice, um, fighting is kind of the... Um, that intrinsic feel to do anyways, to fight for your life. And so with this movie from the trailer that I'm getting and the research I've done on it is that they, um, the, the story is about a girl, she's with her dad, mom died of cancer, girl's having a hard time dealing with it. Dad recognizes that and he's trying to help her navigate through her feelings. He teaches her how to shoot through hunting. So she's kind of developing this, she's taking her anger and her dad's uh, directing it towards hunting. So she's shooting animals, you know, and it's in the spirit of hunting. And then all of a sudden her school is taken over by um, several shooters. So it's almost like a, a siege upon the school by their own, their own uh, peer group. And she runs from them. She hides from them. She escapes the school. And then she gets several yards up before she realizes I can make a difference. I can go back in there and save my friends or save people from the school. And so she goes back in and it looks like, you know, one of those movies that you'd see from Die Hard or Lethal Way. It's like an action packed, like this girl is kicking us and taking names and she's outsmarting the other the school shooters and so it's just a really i don't i would not say it's a feel-good movie but it takes this female heroine and puts her on the pedestal to say there is a chance of fighting there is a chance of winning um you know you take what you know and you put it to use and you kind of watch yourself as you go along the way and it just looked like the the i've posted this on facebook as this is the the hero america is looking for right now right where you you've got that person who's like i don't care what it costs me i'm going to do the right thing i'm going back in there after those people regard and what's crazy about that is they use social media in the movie so as the school shooters come in and take over they demand that anybody that has their cell phone pull it up whatever social media you you like to use the most and put us on air right now so it's gone on social media at the same time. So it's like a super impactful thing. And it's winding, it's really bringing in all the uh, the aspects of being a teenager in the school. And this girl goes back in and is like, no, I'm going to take it on. And so it looks like she prevails in the end. I don't know how it ends, but here on the 14th, I'm going to have to take a look at it and, and see what it's all about and report back. But it was just, it's if you go watch the the trailer for it, it, it makes you want to see it. It makes you want to see what's going to happen and how she does it and it just looks like a, a really um, a really good show to watch, and so I'm I'm eager to see it and see if it's really the um, see what what the research led to, what what all their work um, resulted in. I think it'll be a really good really good show. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. There definitely uh, have to wait for it to come out and and see yeah. uh, see what happens. I agree. 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 Well, always. you ready to close us out here? I mean, I can. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we thank you guys for listening to the Biz and Mayhem podcast. And if you like the show, um, show us the love by posting a review on iTunes. And don't forget to send us a few bucks on Patreon or PayPal. You know, we're going to love you forever because it's not free to bring the show to you guys. So we really appreciate the help and support. To get the show notes from tonight, head over to bizandmayhem.com. That's B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com. And look for season two, episode 23. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, have some fun in the mayhem, guys. Have a good night. All right. We'll see you later. Take care.
Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or have been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast.